Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there talking to motivated sellers, they're finding deals, but they're unsure of how to comp these properties and how to determine what they are worth or what the ARV is. There's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to find the after repair values. Now, we all know that in order to make a great offer on a property, you have to start with the end in mind, meaning you really should know the ARV or the after repair value of the property before you can discount it and subtract your repairs and or wholesale fee to get your perfect offer amount. Well, if you're like me and you're not a licensed real estate agent, it's difficult to get access to your local MLS without asking your agent or bugging your buddies who are licensed all the time to run those comps for you and generate those estimated values. Well, not to worry. There's a company out there that can grant you MLS access to view and comp properties nationwide. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps, and you can even get a free 14-day trial to test it out for yourself. Now, not only can you use this company to get comps and generate ARVs for these deals that you're finding, but you can also use it to help you find out how much the property owner owes on the property so you're not overpaying. Did I mention that you can use this company to also pull lists of motivated sellers? When I do marketing, I'm looking for vacants, absentee owners, high equity, pre-foreclosure, and many, many more reasons that the owner might be motivated. These guys can help you generate these lists so you can market them accordingly. I like, the, I like to mail them and also skip trace them so my team can call or text them. Again, if you're having problems getting comps, I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps to get access to a 14-day free trial so you can run your own MLS comps and even use this company to pull your own list of motivated sellers. I use them to run my comps and to pull my list. If you're not using them, you are absolutely missing out. So check them out today dpipodcast.com forward slash comps for more information. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge, coming to you today with a good buddy of mine, Billy Alvaro. Billy's up in the New York area, and he's in one of my masterminds. I love connecting with this fucking guy. He is such a good guy, so fun to talk to, has the best attitude. Gratitude is the attitude. I love it. This is my man. I love this guy. So I'm so happy that he's here. I'm grateful for your time, Billy. And I just wanted to bring you on today and talk a little bit about the current um, state of the real estate market, right? You're up in New York. You guys are getting hit hard with yeah. COVID, everything shutting down, craziness. Uh, Absolutely know, insane. Yeah. But I know that you um, have been through hard times in the past. And, I, and I'm confident that you are going to, you know, be just fine with what's going on. Uh, but again, thanks for coming on the show. How the hell are you, bro? Bro, your energy, I feel it. <laughs> feel great, that, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on, dude. It is always good to reconnect with you, man. I mean, we are in uh, one of the same masterminds together. We have a great time. We get together once a year. It is, what do we have now? Like 40 guys in that mastermind? Yeah, I think 40, 40 right? I think they're trying to cap it at like around 50 or 55. And yeah. I love that it's that it's smaller, you know? Yeah, so I think it's, right it's now more we're intimate. Around, around 40. And that's the multipliers, guys. If anyone's curious on the masterminds that I'm yeah. in, the multipliers uh, mastermind, great mastermind. I'm also part of the Inner Circle Elite. These are two of the three masterminds I'm in. I'm in a third one, too. It's local to St. Louis. And Billy, I know that you are in masterminds as well. It's a yeah. great... I'm in, it's a great uh, way to connect with people and share ideas and, you know, 
being able to talk to other people that are in the same space as you. Listen, like-minded guys. I recommend it, Masterminds. Yeah, no doubt, dude. High, being together with high intensity, high volume, like-minded individuals. And multipliers is one. I mean, Collective Genius, another one. And like two really sick, ridiculous groups of guys. And each one serves its purpose. But the, the one thing in common is the people that are in both these groups, like in yours, they're just super high achievers and they're givers. And that's the big thing with a lot of these masterminds we belong to is the guys and girls that are in them, they're givers. They're not fucking takers. They look to give. And if everybody's that. giving, that means everybody's fucking receiving. That means everybody's taking, everybody's giving. It's like, yep. yeah. But it's so it, great to have a bunch of people, you know, that are all about giving, you know, because it is, dude. it's like, you know, like I hop on calls with different people in the masterminds all the time and I'm helpful. I'm happy to be helpful to help them in their space. But then when I might need help later, it's like, boom, they're there for you. So it's Absolutely, dude. Awesome. It's man. important. It's important. That's why, that's how you got to where you're at. You know, exactly, of exactly course, right. of course, you're an implementer, but you're fucking with guys that are and girls <laughs> that are doing it at a high level, and you take what you're learning and then you fucking implement like an animal. That's right, you know, and that's what separates. That's what separates, bro. Right there. That's right. So hey, let's jump in, Billy. What's going on with the freaking COVID issue up in New York? I mean, everyone's <laughs> been seeing the news. We're not, we don't have that many podcasts scheduled, so this will launch in a week. Today's June 12th. We'll probably have this launched on the 20th. Not that much is going to change, guys, between the 12th and the 20th of June. However, you know, I don't even know. I lost track of weeks. I mean, are we on like week 10, 11, maybe even 12 of COVID? Well, New York is more like almost going on 16. I mean, it's like Holy 15. Cow. So I'm in St. Louis, Billy. We are, we're like a whole month behind you guys. Yeah. Right? Yep. And we shut down. They shut this fucking city down. When did you get shut down? What, oh, what, when did that happen? I mean, so I think, I think I'm, I'm counting roughly this is – I think this is week 11. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm right, if not, it's 10. It's 10 or 11. So sometime in April. And they're going to start opening shit back up on the 16th again. Today's the 12th. So, you know, next week, basically. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But the, what's, what's really affected me, and I know I'm, I'm here to interview you, so I want you to do the talking here, right? But what's <laughs> affected me is uh, the most part was just getting my permits for my rehab project. Yeah, dude. They shut this shit down, and it, it delayed, you know, four, five, maybe six weeks on some of our permits. Um, other than that, we haven't really noticed all that much um, of a slowdown on the, on the retail side, on the listed properties. Those are still flying. They're moving. Um, and we've are they allowing the buying a little bit, right? So are they allowing people into the houses? Are they allowing realtors into the houses to sell yeah. these products? See, New York, yo, yo, New York, we got shut down. Dude. Like a complete hammer. No realtors in the houses. No contractors working on the properties. Towns completely shut down. Couldn't pull title. Couldn't get CFOs. Wow, so like we didn't have, like title companies were still operating, but it was mobile closings or closings in the parking lot. Yep, right? yep, yep. We uh, did that. We had all the stay-at-home orders, but they didn't shut down that much, right? But the permits slowed us down. The agents were good. Houses are selling, which is crazy because I guess banks are pretty lenient right now, considering that most people are, you know, not most, but a lot of people are unemployed or not getting paid. But loans are still going through, which is good, right? <laughs> We found um, we had we had the opposite experience for about a good solid six weeks. No we shit. Had a, we had a, dude. We had a pipeline of deals that were like clear to close at the table, and, and the lend, yo lender calls for a VOE. Guys laid off. They yanked the wire. It Damn. happened on three of our properties. Like you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash flow, like gone. Right. You know. Right. Thank That's God. Th thank God we were we were positioned like we didn't know it was going to be this type of pandemic. But going through what I went through in two thousand seven and eight. We were positioning for a market shift. So, Bill, I know you've, you've told me this before, and you probably hate repeating it, but for like just two or three minutes, tell us what happened in 2008 to you, because I think it's going to be really valuable later here to describe what are some of the things that you've been doing to help. Yeah, absolutely. So, so back in, in 2006, 7, 8, when this whole thing happened, I had a huge mortgage company. We had 950 employees. We were doing over $40 million a year in revenue. We were doing a billion dollars in loan volume. And was taking the company public, doing a reverse merger, and bottom line, the whole fucking bottom fell out. And I went from, you know, making X to losing Y, and then to being $14 million in debt, like, overnight. And the experiences and the lessons that I've learned, invaluable. Like, it was a Harvard education that I gained, and, you know, people look at me like, God, that must have hurt, it must have sucked. Yeah, but it got me to where I am today, and I'm right. so much fucking smarter now than I was back then. And so when this pandemic hit, I didn't do what I did, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 years ago. Like, I acted fast with precision i immediately took action i knew exactly without knowing i knew what to do i went on autopilot 
and it was just chop the fucking overhead, make sure you fucking keep cash clean, get rid of what you can get rid of, and pile stack, stack the piles of cash. Right. And we did just that. Dude, like overnight, it took us about four days. I cut back over $70,000 a month in overhead. Holy like this. shit. Yeah, 70000 a month in overhead? Woo. Crazy. Now, it's not cut all permanent. Right. Cut back. It's not all permanent. It's just it's some of it's temporary. Some of it was a renegotiation with lenders. Some of it was pausing marketing. Like it was a combination of things we did. But when it all settles, you know, here we are, uh, what June twelfth. We're going to be re back opening back up like the fifteenth in New York, and we're still gonna. I'm not gonna have all that over and come back. I'm still gonna have about thirty five, forty thousand dollars a month as a savings, which is a half million fucking dollars a year to the bottom line. So, you know, I looked at this whole pandemic at as shitty as it was. People losing their lives, companies going out of business. To me, it was, it was a gift because I realized I could fucking run this business virtually. Like, I don't need, I have two offices. I don't need offices. I don't need space. Everybody's been working from their fucking laptop at home. They have work balance life. For three life. months. For right? three months, bro. Yo, work balance <laughs> life. Months. Kids, family, wives, husbands, they're, they're like working. They're with the family. They're enjoying themselves. And the thing with me, I'm looking, productivity is still there. Like, my guys aren't dicking around they're fucking yeah, working one harder thing if they're doing half as much right but they're doing the same why have all this extra expense of having a, an office and then i gotta insure it then i gotta heat and cool that son of a bitch then yeah. i gotta do this and have phone lines and all this extra shit and furniture and oh Bro, man, done. everyone's got a laptop and a cell phone why not use those things right Bro, we so, negotiated i negotiated with the landlord we got out i had five years left in the lease and we negotiated five months we're out the door so june 30th like i'm officially physically closed and so for the last six weeks, I've just been strategizing on really how to run a virtual company. You know, bills and payments and deposits and I figured it out. Like, I'll probably put together a fucking course on how to run a real virtual business virtually. I would love that. That'd be awesome. I, I got this shit figured out, dude. Yeah. And it, is, it is like bottom line driven. It's efficiency driven. It's workflow driven. And, and it's sales driven. Like, my guys are fucking selling. They're closing over the phone. They realize they used to have a fear of just closing over the phone. Now they, they had no choice for the last 90 days, but to close over the phone, they're doing it. So like, know, isn't, that, take, isn't that amazing how that works like that? Like uh, sometimes you get put into a corner and you know, that's you exactly it. quickly and yeah. it, it's a good thing though. So yeah, well dude, yeah. 70 grand a month. I mean, that's huge. I know that's not all permanent, but temporarily that's massive. Yeah. Uh, so they shut down everything up there. Unlike in St. Louis, they shut down, you know, most of the, basically the retail was all shut down restaurants and retail. Um, you know, but we could still get out and look at projects. There wasn't any issues with us, like leaving our houses necessarily. No, we, we had, I think it might've been stop. different up there. Right. I mean, you guys were like on lockdown, lockdown. It was on lockdown. It was like Marshall fucking state, dude. Like it was lockdown. It was, it was nobody leaving their house except you had to go get food. You had to wear masks and gloves. There was nothing to do with construction. All the construction got shut down at realtors. If they got found going into somebody's house and showing a property, they were getting fined. No like, way. Yo, threatened with jail. Like it was, it was nuts. It was nuts, man. So we had, we, we had a really, it was eight weeks of just a tough, tough time because I'm like, we have deals at the closing table yeah, with $400,000 coming in to pay this property off and the blender pulls the wire because they do a last minute VOE, verification of employment. The guy's laid off, like, can't close. One after the other after the other. Uh, so it was, it was trying, dude. But look, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, I've so been, what I've happened been, with those particular deals? Did you relist them? Yeah, no, we, we, we actually, guy, you know, we made it happen. He got yeah. a fucking another job and he, did his thing and he's a union and he got a paycheck. And so look, it just was a temporary setback. That's all we do though is solve problems, right? So it's like, you know. That's why we get paid the big money, these bro. problems come, it's like, all right, no big deal. Just another hurdle. Let's, let's figure it out. And that's what that's you exactly it. awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So what are you guys focused on at this point? Obviously virtual, cutting costs. You guys have an awesome business up there and you're doing a lot of stuff, right? You guys are doing flips, rehabs, rentals, wholesaling. Yeah, the whole nine yards right? across the board, yeah. Course of what. So what we're, what we're doing now is we've changed the model on the rehab side where we used to do rehabs, 150, $200,000 rehabs, like big ass fucking rehabs. Since the pandemic, we're actually about three months before the pandemic. We're like, you know what? We see the market starting to shift a little. So we're just doing small rehabs, 40 to $75,000 renovations. I'm not adding second stories. I'm not blowing out the interior of the house. If it's a full fucking gut, I'm wholesaling it. And I got to tell you, the buyers, uh, I call them the HGTV buyers. They're not that smart. Cause they're still buying, <laughs> they're still buying. And we don't, I don't ever give them what I think the value of the property is. I don't give my opinion. 
I leave it up to the buyers to figure it out for themselves because they never want to be put in a position where they said, you told me it was going to sell for X. So like we're flipping deals, dude, wholesale. We're still making 40, 50. We flipped one yesterday, 95 G wholesale. And I'm like, I wouldn't go near this property for the amount that I'm buying it for. It's right. like a tight deal. And this fucking guy is coming in 95 over the top. So look, I don't, it is what it is. They buy how they buy. If they lose, if they gain, if whatever their model is, is their model. I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, I don't either, right? I, I just put the properties out. And if they buy, they buy. So are you guys but, doing more and more wholesaling now? Yeah, we're probably doing about 70% wholesale. And so what I'm doing now for the last six weeks, and I've been heavy on the capital raise side. So I'm going back to when I had the mortgage bank. I'm going out doing a massive capital raise. I'm putting money to work. A lot of people out there want to get involved in this real estate shit, but they just don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it put your money with me. Here's my record for the last 15 years. Like put the money with us. We'll put it to work for you. So big time buy and hold over the next 24 months on the single family side, we're going to go balls to the wall. Simultaneously as that's moving the apartment piece, we have a 36 unit. Um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a drug rehabilitation center that we're, that we're opening up. Once we get licensed with Oasis on that one, that's a $15,000 a month per bed per month times Holy 30. Wow. It's a business though. So it's only yeah, a 20% sure, sure. net, but still that one building is like a million dollar a year net yeah. cash flow coming in. So big fucking deals, dude. Love it. Big I deals. Yeah. You guys are crushing it. It's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're, listen, we're having fun. We're having a good time. We're, we're, I just moved out to New Jersey full time. I'm going to open up this market here. So New York is running. New Jersey's going to get up and running and it's, Bro, I, this isn't work, dude. You know, like, like we get paid to do this. Come on, I mean, this awesome, is fucking it? it's the best, man. There's nothing yeah. like it. It's nothing. So look, you know, you, let me ask you this, Billy. Uh, I did a podcast yesterday or the day before. I can't remember who it was with, but we were talking on that show about uh, the fact that a lot of people get into real estate because they want freedom, <laughs> and then they get the exact opposite of that. Right there, they go from working a forty-hour a week to an eighty-hour a week um, because they want that freedom. And one of the ways that we found or that we, we were talking about on, you know, on that show was, you know, how do you get into real estate and have the freedom? Well, one of the ways is to invest with guys like Billy here, right? Put Absolutely. your money to work, let his experience and his knowledge and his efforts uh, invest that money wisely with little to no risk, right? Correct. Um, and get paid that way. Another approach would be to just get into business and start doing it yourself. But again, people get in and they go from 40-hour weeks to 80-hour weeks and they have the exact opposite of what they're looking to get into for. So one of the solutions that, you know, that I have found you know, and that we were, we were talking about is you know, getting virtual assistance and getting people virtual. And it sounds like you guys are making that shift right now. I'm just curious, are all of the people that you work with local, even though they're virtual at this point, no. or are they virtual overseas? Yeah, we have, we have Philippines, we have New York, we have New Jersey, we have... Ohio, like we have across the nation. Cool. And That's so when this, cool. when this pandemic hit, what, what we realized is that if we're going to really be virtual, we could hire an inside person that would normally be here anywhere in the States. And you know, the VAs and stuff, we've always been utilizing the VAs for sure. the last 10 years, but we have two full-time VAs out in the Philippines. We have uh, another two in the Philippines that do marketing like a few hours a week here and there. We got a lady out in Ohio. We have people all over Long Island. We have people out here in New Jersey. So it's like you know, this job pool, with 30 million plus people being out of work and with us now being hundred percent virtual, we're with the job pools wide open. We're getting some quality fucking candidates coming in for positions, every single position that we have from sales to acquisitions, like everything dude, across the board. Yep. But you know, getting back to your point about the freedom piece, a lot of guys and girls that get into this business, they don't realize it could be a fucking job if you don't systematize and automate what you're That's doing. That's the thing. That's the thing. And when I had the mortgage company, bro, I, I fell into that trap. I was doing 14, 16, 18 hour days, flying around the country, raising money, doing this. And you know, I didn't have a life. I was working my fucking ass off and I couldn't even enjoy the fruits of my labor because I was one, working my ass off. And two, I was stressed the fuck out. I know, right? Time, That's, I, didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even mention that. The stress that comes with 80 hour weeks or in some cases, 100 hour weeks, right? So and then being responsible I, for fucking employees, 200, 400, 900 employees. It's like, oh, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, it's overwhelming man. Yep. So you had mentioned earlier, you had scaled back a little bit. We, we scaled back a little bit as well. Um, not so much with um, the retail. You know, our retail has been actually doing really good. But what we scaled back temporarily was our offers. 
we were just making a little bit lower offer to adjust mm -hmm. for the, you know, the uncertainty in the marketplace. We've done what the same. we were able to do is, you know, less, less offers got accepted when the price went down, of course, but we were able to build a really big funnel over the last, you know, call it 10 weeks, give or take of people that, you know, they're motivated to sell, but maybe not that motivated yet. Or a lot of them, uh, Billy, a lot of them didn't have anywhere to go. They were uncertain about what they were going to do if they were going to yeah. go rent or they're going to go rebuy something or what else. So we built a huge funnel and literally this week we've started to hit that funnel really hard and we've gotten tons of appointments and even a couple contracts from just hitting those people and following up with them uh, because of the uncertainty on when we may have reached out to them 10 weeks ago, eight weeks ago, six weeks ago. Let me ask you this, Dave. When you, over the last 10 weeks, did you curve back any of your marketing? Did you cut back at all? I didn't, man. We're not doing anything super crazy, Billy. We used to spend 10 to 14 grand a month on marketing. We're probably down closer to like five or six right now. And what does that and, consist of? Direct mail, pay-per-click? Like what is it? Uh, we do, uh, it's honestly, we do direct mail in waves. I haven't done it in a couple months. I need to do some. But typically most of our of our marketing we is split 50-50 right now. Now it, it, it changes, of course, but right now and for the last maybe uh, five, six months, it's been 50% radio. Uh, and Chris over at yep. the multipliers, Chris Arnold's the big radio guy. He's the one that actually coached and taught me about radio. So I do 50% on the radio. And then the other 50% is literally just uh, pulling lists off a of prop stream, adding them to batch lead stacker, skip tracing them, cold texting them, and then pulling out the, the, the numbers after we skip trace them to add to a dialer. So yep. we're hitting them with uh, cold calls, cold texts. I don't do any yep. RBMs. Uh, cause I don't really think it's very, um, ethical, ethical. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll do some RVMs and follow up, but yeah, not, that's different. Not cold. It's different. Right. Right. Um, so basically cold call, cold text is half and radio is the other half. Um, I'm lazy. You guys can't tell cause I'm sitting, but I'm fucking lazy and fat, right? I'm working on the fat thing. <laughs> the lazy thing is probably not going to change. Right. So the coolest part about, um, the radio is you just pay it and you forget it. Yeah. Radio took a big dive over the last eight weeks and I was thinking about pulling it, but I'm happy I didn't because I'm only spending, you know, maybe three or 4,000 a month on my radio, call it three grand a month on my radio, which is nothing really. Nothing. And you know, we've gotten at least one deal over the last month from it. So it's at least paid for itself. But again, I built that follow-up funnel, right? So we're, we're building up a ton of follow-up. Um, and that's really it. You know, occasionally I'm looking at like 600 bandit signs right outside my office. We like to do waves of marketing. It's funny because I teach my, my students, hey guys, be consistent, be consistent. And I am consistent with my radio, my cold calling and my cold texting. When it comes to bandit signs and mail, I do waves. I don't know why I've always been that way. I guess because I'm lazy and I'm not that good at being consistent. So I'll go buy five, 600 bandit signs and flood the town. Or I'll, you know, maybe do a five, 6,000 mail piece drop, hit the town hard. Um, and then I'll wait. I'm, I like really more of the cold calling and cold texting. It's just yeah. so much cheaper, right? It's so much cheaper. I can build my own do not call list. One of the most, I don't know if you're doing any of this, Billy, but one of the most amazing things, and you would think I'm going to be working for Batch because I'm going to promote the hell out of them really quickly. Um, but one of the most amazing fucking things with Batch is they don't charge you to skip trace a lead twice, ever. Oh, that's good. That's real good, address dude. with the same That's real name, good. You're not paying. So as you start using this system, the match savings is growing like crazy. Like I just That's did huge. one last week and I saved 300 bucks, right? Doesn't seem like a lot of money. Yeah, multiply that by 52 this. weeks. Yeah, well, that, that covers the monthly cost of the service off of yeah. one skip. Yeah. So as you start using this more and more and you start using more of the skip tracing features that are you know, in the system, um, you start saving money because you're not skipping them twice. So if I'm only three months in essentially using this system and I'm already saving $300 per skip, you know, give me three more months and that's going to be double or triple, you know sure. what I'm saying? So, sure. and the cost of skip trace, if you're in one of the higher end packages, it's going to vary depending on what you buy, but it's only 12 cents. Yes. Right? Cheap. So sending a, a postcard is three times that much. Yep. You know, so I can yeah, get three funny. times as much, as much bang for my buck by skip tracing, cold calling, cold texting. How many you know, people do you have texting for you? Texting until we get them. And if they say quit calling, we quit calling. You know what? How, how many people do you have texting nerd? for you? Say that again. How many people do you have texting for you? What, what does that look so like? So that's a great question. So I got, um, I got four virtual assistants, two part-time, two full-time. Uh, the, the 
the two part-time people, uh, they're 20 hours a week. One of them is 20 hours a week on cold texting. The other one is 20 hours a week on cold calling. Boom. So those people, that's all they do. And I don't yep. want them to do anything else because yep, then they're going to get dragged down. I want them to yep. do just that. Yep. So they log in at different times. I'm pretty flexible. But we use um, Hubstaff, which is great because it tracks productivity. It takes screenshots and it shows all the websites and apps they're using. I love it. So as Hubstaff. long as you're not on, the, on my clock, you know, dicking around or watching porn, they can log in at any time they want, as long as it's not too early or too late. So I basically tell them about 8 or 8.30 in the morning, stop maybe around 7, 7.30 at night, but they can log in anytime they want. Sometimes they'll come in and they'll do an eight or nine hour day and they won't work for three days. I don't give a shit. I basically tell them, hey, you can work 20 hours a week or up to, but when you are on the clock, I'm looking at what you're doing and I want you to only do this. So it was cold calling, cold texting. And then I have a full-time guy been with me for about five years. He's an awesome guy. I pay him, I pay him great money. He's also in the Philippines. He does all of my inbound calling or like answering of the phones as well as 100% of the follow-up. And that's it. It's all he does. No Myself shit. and my two partners, we run all the appointments and make most of the offers. Obviously, the VAs will help with us. We have an acquisitions guy. We have a dispositions girl. So we have a team built out. You know, we're doing eight to 10 wholesales a month. 65 rentals and probably have anywhere from six to 10 uh, flips going at any time. I love it, man. So we got a I lot love of it. shit in the pipeline. We're launching the coaching business. Um, and that's been doing pretty well as well. Slow. Congratulations, by the way, on your book, bro. Your second book. Yes, Congrats. Thank you, man. Thank yes, you. So the, congratulations. The first one I got right here. It's the ultimate guide to wholesaling. This one, Billy is 270 pages. And we, we were like, man, this book's kind of thick. Maybe the next book will make it smaller. And that was the goal. The second book just came out. It's 383 pages. <laughs> so like it's like, Tony ah, Robbins. fuck it. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's my entire business in these two books. And I tell people for 10 or $15, you can learn everything that I do. Everything. I love it. All I love there. it. All the you're, a, you're a giver, bro. You're a giver. That's why you're getting what you get because you give. I try to be. So, hey, this is about you, though, not about me. <laughs> um, so I want to hear about your marketing. What are you guys doing? Have you scaled back any from COVID? Have you made any changes? I'm just kind of curious because, you know, you are in a different region and in a different market. So, yeah. you know, things are different in different places. So, so we changed everything. I mean, when COVID hit, I looked at everything and I said, let me put a pause for two weeks just to feel what's about to happen. We were doing TV, radio. Direct mail pieces, 120,000 mail pieces a month. We were doing text blasting, cold calling, door knocking. I mean, across the board, dude, we had it all hammered out. And when COVID hit and we did the first two mail drops and my response rate was like 0. 0.0002. Yeah, I, I know. Said, right, it's, it's, so much uncertainty, you know? Uncertainty. People just did not want to fucking do anything. Even and if so, they're motivated to sell, it's like maybe – Where am I going to go? Where Who am I going to go? Right. It's, yep, just, yep. it's just so much. The news doesn't fucking help either, man. Constant negative news in your face. Alert. Breaking news. Viruses. Now you got these protests, man. Fuck. It Horrible, doesn't bro. stop, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. We're all the shit. So, we come back and like you, I said, all right, what are we going to do? So, we had a database over the last 10 years of just a shit ton of people that responded. So, you just went old school database marketing. My guys in the office all started picking up the phone, cold calling because we couldn't go to somebody's house. We couldn't do anything. And we went, listen, at the height before the COVID hit, we were doing 12 to 18 properties a month. COVID hit, we're not doing any marketing and we're still doing six to eight properties a month. Isn't that awesome? So, it's just lead, it's lead mining. It's, it's lead, bro. Lead mining. Exactly. Lead mining, yep. So now we're going to slowly start to kick back the marketing in. I'm going to start July 1st, do the direct mail again. I'm probably going to dabble back on TV. TV is a hit and miss in New York. It's it's ultra expensive and the leads we were getting were just not super quality. We got a few deals out of it, but I couldn't, it was just hard. I'm going to test the, the, the TV out here in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, the radio show, we have a radio show that, that airs every Saturday at, uh, from, 12, uh, from uh, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock at night. So we record that on Mondays. That actually does decent for us. I'm going to now turn the radio show into a, not cashing out. I'm going to cancel that one. I'm going to do real estate investing on the radio, start training people. How to do it? Do what I do locally, and then do it as a broadcast on a podcast, and then turn it into a whole bunch of different awesome. trainings and shit. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, shit. I know you guys have a coaching business as well too. That's great. Yeah, it's all, this bro. Look, like I dabbled, I did the coaching thing, and I enjoyed it. But what I didn't like is the one-on-one. -on -one. Like I can't do one-on-one -on -one with newbies. I could do one-on-one -on -one with somebody who has an understanding, but to train one-on-one -on -one newbie, not for me. So I'm gonna change yeah, that whole model. It's frustrating, around. man. Because it's hard, bro. Like I can't can be asked what's door, an A or B. Right? But they gotta walk through that door, and if you show them the door five different ways, and they still don't walk through it, it's like, man, 
I want to help you, but you're not helping yourself. Trust me, bro. I get it. It's frustrating. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things, you know, that's, we honestly, we've raised our coaching prices just to prevent that. You know, we used to do coaching for cheap, like thousand bucks, 1500 bucks. No way. No yeah, fucking now, now way. We're at, we're at like minimum four or five grand minimum. And that's for group. You know, if yeah. they want one-on-one, -on -one, it's 20K minimum, right? Because yeah, that's, you it's have a to. lot of work, right? Totally. It's a ton of work. Listen, but. I still even did. I was doing a 20, 30, 40, and $60,000 K for one-on-one. -on -one. I hated it. And I yeah. hated it because I just, the guys were good. The people that I had were great people. It's just, I, I had a job. Like, I don't want to fucking create a job for myself, yeah. you know? I the group you. coaching thing, phenomenal. Um, the online, you know, business in a box thing, phenomenal. I just got to build that whole thing out. And that's my next step. I'm going to build it out and, and push it out there and add some serious fucking value. And then once they're trained up, if they want to do the one-on-one, -on -one, I'll have no problem because they're, they're a certain level. Yeah, now teaching. they're past. They know the basics, man. Yeah, Absolutely. man. Right, exactly. That's Absolutely. exactly it. So you guys scaled back the marketing. You started lead mining the current leads that are in your system. Oh, you yeah. guys are still doing six, seven, eight, ten deals a month. That's freaking amazing. We started doing heavy texting, heavy cold calling, so okay. not costing us a lot. Which is and great. It, and that's the and beautiful it, thing about those two lead sources, guys. I mean, it's literally like the cheapest. That's why I've converted to it. Guys, direct mail works. It'll always work, right? I'm not, not choosing to do it because it doesn't work. I'm choosing not to do it right now. This is temporary, right? I'm going to probably do it again, maybe later this week or early next. Um, but I can get my leads for cheaper, right? And it just makes sense. So yeah. I think cold calling and cold texting is probably the best way for anybody to get started because it's the most cost effective. Absolutely. And Billy, I know you're gonna agree with me on this. It's very easy to systematize and delegate, which 100%. essentially means you are automating, right? Exactly. Delegation is automation. It's a form of automation. So I don't do any cold calling. I don't do any cold texting. However, my company's doing 20 hours of each a week, every week. Right. And, um, the, the amount of leads that we're setting is not any different than it was, if not higher than we were spending the 12, 14, maybe 16 grand a month, which may not sound like a lot to a guy that just cut 70,000, but in my little St. Louis market of 2.3 million, it's a lot of money, that goes pretty far. Yeah. It's a know? lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It goes pretty far, but, but here's the crazy part, guys. I'm getting just as many deals, if not more, right. And I've cut my budget from, let's call it 14. That, that was probably a good average from 14 down to about six. What is your average wholesale fee? Almost a third. Not quite, but almost, almost a third. Almost a third, sure. What's your average wholesale fee? So it's low. You're going to laugh, but it's probably about eight grand. 8,000. Yep. And are you assigning or is that a double close? That would be uh, an assignment. Assignment. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of varies. You know, we, so the thing about the St. Louis is the average house here that the investor is looking at is typically somewhere between 80 and 150. So that's a uh, good on the rental, ARV side. Great, right? great rental market. Great yeah, rental market. Great then, rental market. We're talking, we're talking one and a half percent. Um, no. Sh yeah, really? bro. One, yeah. So we won't buy, we won't buy under 1% period. No, no, never. It's not worth Gotta it. Gotta be at least that. But our average, and we've done, we've done, again, this isn't about me. This is about you, Bill. I know, bro, but this is us talking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've done, we've done, uh, we've done 100 doors in the last 15 months. We haven't kept all of them, of course. We've got 65 properties, so probably about 80 doors right now. But we've done 100 doors with the Burr strategy in the last I 15 love it. months. I love it. Uh, and we've averaged $1,200 out of pocket per door. Dude, that's fucking amazing, Average. dude. Yeah, that's amazing. So I know. So what we're doing right now is we're selling off some of them that have higher equity to pay down some bad debt that we've acquired, uh, which we'll probably be out of in the next six weeks. Um, nice. And then we're going to go pedal to the metal. So we'll probably sell off 10 or 12 properties to kind of reallocate some of our funds. And then we're going to go, you know, floor uh, pedal to the metal, just like you had mentioned. Our goal is to get to realistically 150 by the end of 2021 so nice. you know nice. maybe a little farther but that's kind of the goal that we have um and you had asked me a question and i sidetracked it what was it um can't remember it was just a wholesale fee i think i can't remember oh yeah the wholesale fee yeah yeah so um you know here's the thing we're not really marketing let me say it this way all the marketing i do all of it even with the radio is for me to find a flip or a rental period that's it okay 
we have a motto. You guys probably share the same approach, at least at, in the current time. I've actually coined a little simple phrase. It's, it's kind of catchy. It's funny, but it's called keep, it's just keep the best, sell the rest guys. That's it. Keep the best, sell the rest. So all the marketing that I do, I am looking at it for a flip for me or a rental that I can burr. If it doesn't meet those two criteria, wholesale it. That's but it. I'll never go out and make an offer or look at a deal to wholesale typically, unless it doesn't fit those two boxes, right? Sure, I so love all it. the marketing that we do is in the neighborhoods that have the good rehabs or the good rentals. With that being said, I'm not really wholesaling houses that are like above 200 grand that often, right? So it's difficult to get, not impossible, but it's difficult to get that $95,000 yeah. wholesale fee sure. on a house that you maybe are buying at, you know, 80 grand or 110. Grand. Yeah, that's so, it's so very our averages difficult. are a lot lower. We kind of make it up by doing, you know, a little bit more volume than the typical person. We're doing, you know, eight to 10 a month on a bad month, five or six, good month, maybe 12 or 15. Uh, but again, it's the thing about wholesaling is it's a means to an end for me. Sure. It's yep. a job. Yep. It requires a lot of work. I want that passive money that's taxed really low. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to use wholesaling and really it's, I look at, I kind of word it differently, but I use the motivated seller marketing to get my deals, we keep the best, and then we wholesale all the rest of that shit off. I love it. I love keep it, it dude. simple, man. Keep it simple. Less I love it. is more, truly. Less I, is more. And I'm in the process more. right now, I'm kind of taking, taking your leave, but we're cutting some softwares and some stuff that we've been paying for that we haven't even really been using. It's just, you know, focus on what makes sense. And to us, you know, we fall into every wholesale deal we get, truly. We're not looking for them. We're looking for fucking rentals. We're looking for fucking rehabs. We fall into them. We yeah. do 10 a month, guys. So if you have not, if you're listening to this and you haven't done a deal yet, right? I am falling into 10 a month. I'm not bragging. It's not my intentions. That's not me. You guys know me if you've been listening to this shit, right? It's not me. But I'm just saying this business is so incredibly simple. It's not necessarily easy. Right. You it's a that. simple business. It's simple, but it ain't easy. It's, but it ain't easy. But right. it is simple. It's so simple. So, but Billy, man, you've been getting, you've been talking, making me do all the talking, bro. <laughs> I'm fucking good like that, bro. Turn this shit around. <laughs> I know. What are you selling me today, bro? <laughs> no, I listen, man. You, you're good to talk. I can't wait to get you on my podcast because I really want you to break down the burr. I want you to fucking oh, go in deep to. on that. Like, Absolutely. like promote your book, do the whole thing, man, because what you did in a short time frame. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's a fucking great move on how you guys put that together. You know, I it's impressive. That. It's impressive. And to get, to get a one and a half on those rentals. Oh, that's where I was going. That's where I lost my train of thought. So insane, 1%, Billy, 1% is the minimum. I won't even leave my house or my office to go look at a deal if it doesn't make sense in at least 1%. So, so explain to people, what, what does that even mean? Like, I love it. Absolutely. So guys, the 1% rule is like one of the most simplest things to understand. Basically what it means is I need to collect 1% a month of what I spent to buy the property all in, not just the purchase, purchase and rehab. So let's say yep. simple math, I buy a property for 80 grand, which <laughs> may be impossible in some of these markets, but not in mine. And I put 20 grand in it, right? So that means I'm all in it for a hundred, tack on another five grand for closing, interest, insurance, utilities, and taxes. 105 is where I'm at, right? I need to collect $1,005 a month to make 1% basically. So I'm trying to get 1% of my all in money in the monthly fee. So if that means that I can collect 12, so I usually work it backwards, right? If I can look at a property and I can say ARV wise, like after I fix it all up, I can get 1200 a month on that. That means that I cannot pay more than 120 grand all in purchase, rehab, holding, everything, closing, you name it. So the cool thing is, is that's the minimum. That's the 1% rule. The 2% rule is the exact same thing. It's just double. So let's say you buy a property for 40 grand and you're making 800 a month in rent. Those are a lot more hard to come by, much more. We, oh, yeah. and here's what I was going to get at, Billy. This is why I thought this was so interesting and fun. We average about one, between 1 1.2 and 1.4 on the properties that we buy. Well, right? that's sick. So typically what we'll do is if we get a 1%, we'll still buy it and burr it but we'll sell it off. If we can get one at 1.2, 1.3, we're going to hold it cuz it's going to cash cow. Yeah, bro. I love the model. I love the model. Yeah, it's Good. I mean it's it's truly the only way that I have found in my 35 years 
to acquire a crazy amount of wealth with truly little to no money. Now, so how do you how do you train your students? How do you train your students from parts of the country that don't have the values of 60, 80, 100 grand? Like a dude like me, I'm in a sure. New York, New Jersey yeah. region. And let's just say I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a real estate investor yet, but I want to get into the real estate side, but I don't want to flip. I want to fucking buy and hold. Okay. How would I how would I get into that part of the business if I'm in this part of the region? Right. So, I mean, the thing about Burr is there's two main components. Buying at a discount is number one, and it's probably the most important thing that you can do with any type of real estate investing. Number two is you have to add value uh, via rehab. So if they're looking to do a Burr or you're looking to do a Burr, um, work your numbers backwards and work the entire freaking Burr method backwards. So really quick, Burr, buy, renovate, rent out, refinance, repeat. That's what it stands for. It's a strategy to acquire a lot of wealth. That's all it is. simple, right? But you have to be able to refinance. If you can't refinance, you're going to end up borrowing money or parking money or getting hard money loans, yep. buy a property, fix it up and get it rented out. And if you can't refinance, you're fucked. You're stuck with that high interest loan yep. that may even come due. So get your refinance in place before you do anything else. Start there. Most people aren't going to coach and teach you that way, but that's how I look at it. Because if you can't yep. refinance, you're, you're going to set yourself up for disaster that whole process, right? Yep, yep. Quick, I'm going to go quick. Number two, you've got to buy at a discount. It is so incredibly difficult to buy a property and increase the value 20% by just doing a rehab. Is it possible? Of course it's fucking possible. Is it likely that it's going to happen on every deal? Hell no. That shit's right. hard to do. But if you buy it at a 10, 15, maybe 20% discount already, then it's super easy to increase the value up on that property to have a 20% equity stake. And that's it. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing. So then what we do is we go to the bank and we say, hey, not only do we, have, do we have a good relationship with you, but we've done this before and we're qualified, experienced investors. We want a loan on the appraisal and we're not going to settle for anything less. And if they say, send me over what you bought it for, I say, I'm going to go to a different fucking bank. No, thank you. That's and I, it. Want, I want my loan on the appraisal only because that's the, that's the whole thing. If you are getting an 80% loan or even a 75, 70%, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. If you are getting a loan and they are going to give you 80% of what you bought it for, and what you paid to fix it up, you're going to leave money in it every time, no matter what. That is the fucking laws of mathematics. So, so Dave, do they have like a, and I know I'm interviewing you now, but I'm just, for your listeners, do they have, do they have a certain time frame that the loan has to season before Correct. you go off the appraised value? So that's called seasoning in the beginning. It's six months. I don't Got have it. any seasoning with most of my banks because I've done a hundred doors in 15 months and they say, Hey, you have experience, you know what you're doing. We're good. In the beginning, you are going to have seasoning. It's going to yep. be slow, but just like anything, especially motivated seller marketing guys, it snowballs. Yep. So once you're, so here's the, here's the thing, Bill, you know this, but a lot of the listeners and the viewers, they don't. Banks don't make money when you deposit money in their account. That's a liability to them. Yep. The way that banks make money is lending you money, right? So go to your bank and ask for a loan. And they're probably going to tell you no. That's what happens. That's okay. Turn that banker into a coach. It's a free coach that you don't even have to pay for. Okay, Mr. Banker, what do I need to do to get a loan? Well, you got to increase your debt to income or decrease that. You got to increase your credit. Do whatever they got to do. Just work on that. Go get it. And then once you get qualified, then they're going to have the seasoning in place. Well, once you work with them, they're going to start calling you saying, hey, I'm ready to give you more loans because that's how they get paid. Yep. And eventually they're going to want to speed up the process too so they can make more money. So absolutely, Billy, there's going to be seasoning most of the time. But as you do more and more deals, that's what you have to negotiate with. So now when I go to a bank, I basically tell them, I want loans on appraisals. I want 70 to 80%, depending on the area. You can pick that, but it's going to basically be known by the area, right? Uh, I want my loans to not balloon. Big point here. That's huge. They cannot, I will not get a loan that balloons. Instead, they all have to renew. Now, why would I want that? Because I don't want my amortization table starting over every three to five years. Instead, I want them to just go do a drive-by or an appraisal and renew with a new term because the, uh, the amortization table is where wealth is created. Sure. Right? You know this. Yep. Um, all of the loans renew. They do not balloon. Um, they have to give me a loan on the appraisal. And then where I have, my only thing that I can do to, to negotiate is interest rates and seasoning. That's it. It's only levers I can pull. 
So if they're trying to give me a high interest rate, I'm going to go try to find a lower one. If they're trying to give me seasoning, I'm going to go to try to find one that doesn't have it or is shortened until my relationship with those people is strong enough where both of those are no longer really necessarily needed to argue about. And one last question. Are you finding that you're having a better chance on dealing with local bankers than you are these national players? 100%. Local, yeah. I missed that. It's in the book, though. That's why it's 380 pages. <laughs> uh, so, yet, so in order to get a loan that doesn't balloon and it renews, you're typically going to need to get a portfolio loan, which means it's a smaller bank that yep. doesn't sell the loan in the secondary market. They own the loan, they hold the loan, and they service, and they service the loan. It. Correct. Yep. 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 So uh, honestly, I don't have a loan with any bank that's national. Well, not any because some of my older rentals, of course. But in the last three, four, five years, no national banks, all local. And they're small, guys. They're, they're banks that have three branches, maybe five branches, at most 10, 12 something like that. Because once they get bigger, they're going to want to start selling those loans off. We don't want that. We want them to keep those loans. And that's also one of the easiest ways to get a loan to be renewable and not balloon is to know that it's a portfolio loan and they have no interest in uh, selling that loan off and they'll let you do that renewal. You know how much a renewal costs? What's it running? 150 at? bucks. Yeah. Compare that to a refi. How much, you know how much a refi costs? Fuck, you're talking two grand, yeah. three grand. Yeah. In New so York, I mean, it's probably I, like fucking eight grand. <laughs> yeah, eight grand. I can, I can renew 60 loans for the price that, of refi. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that people listening understand the value in that tip. That is a ridiculous tip that you just gave. That could oh, save it's, somebody it's, it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars if they're in this grand scheme of things, if they have a large portfolio yeah. they're trying to and do. All the bank wants to do, guys, is they just want to reevaluate their risk, which means, hey, What's the interest that I'm charging them now? Can I maybe get them for more? Maybe they can even do a little less. Doesn't necessarily matter, but they're trying to get more. And all they're doing is locking in that term. So, I mean, yep. it's, you know, it's just, you got to play the game the way the game's supposed to be played. And, and that's why I say, when you walk into a bank, Billy, and they say, nope, don't get upset. I still to this day get told no. Yeah. But I don't walk out with my tail between my legs. And instead I say, Jim, Jeff, whatever the banker's name is, I get it. You maybe not have the appetite for me right now, or maybe um, something on my balance sheet doesn't look appealing to you. Tell me what it is that I can do to fix that. I'm going to go home. I'm going to work on that for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, hey, here's where I'm at. Will you lend me now? And the thing is, is about lending is a lot of these banks are required to lend. Like They have to. You know, they mandated. have to. Right. So, you know, like they can't, they can't tell you no if you fall within the guidelines. So they're really just telling you if you're in there or not. Right. But yeah, that's the birth strategy. That's really where we're going. It sounds like you guys are kind of pivoting into doing more buy and yep. holds as well. I'd highly recommend find the local banks. And another thing too, you know, imagine you try having a question about one of your mortgages and you're calling an 800 number that puts you in Kansas City and then they forward you to Phoenix and then all of a sudden you're in Ontario. Yep. I don't yep. ever fuck with that. No, I'm going to go to the bank that has two or three branches. They all know me by my first name. The president, I got a cell phone number in my, in my phone. If I have an issue, I'm going to talk to somebody that's going to be able to handle it quick and efficiently, not transfer me around and not know what the hell's going on. You know, I love so it, bro. Another huge advantage of having the local banks. You, uh, if you ever want to bring me back on to interview you on your own pod show, just <laughs> <laughs> Billy, you are one of my favorite real estate investors in the country. I appreciate no, that, bro. No bullshit. I fucking love your energy. You Thank are you, hilarious. Dude. Thank and you're you. just really genuinely, truly passionate about helping people. And you're such a sincere dude. I fucking love you, man. How can people reach out to you and learn yeah. more about what Billy is doing? Yeah. Also, yeah. So guys, there's a lot of people out there that aren't willing to learn how to wholesale or wanting to do rentals, but they want to be invested. And I think Billy might be able to help you with that. Yeah, no doubt. If you, if you want to get involved with this passively and have me put your money to work, go to BillyAlvaro.com. Just fill out the form on there. Invest with Billy. Place. Uh, B-I-L-L-Y-A-L-V, like Victor, A-R-O, BillyAlvaro.com. Check me out there. Go on there. Let's get together. I don't care where you live. We have to have a conversation, see if you're a good fit for me. If I'm a good fit for you, then we take it to the next level. We're investing all over the place. We have single family, multifamily. We have uh, mobile home parks. I mean, we have everything that we're investing in. And, wow. and uh, it's anything that we could get a nice, healthy return on. We're putting the money to work. And I'm smart enough to realize I can't do it all myself. And in order for me to scale, I need to help other people create wealth. They might not want to go out there and find properties or create a business, but they want to make the return. And that's where we come in. Yep. I love it. How, well, where can somebody find you on social media too? 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. The Unstoppable BA, that's on all my handles. It's on social media for Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on LinkedIn. Hey, that's and perfect, it, though. If you can get them consistent, that's key. I got all yeah, different yeah. ones. It's fucking annoying and whatnot. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah the Unstoppable <laughs> BA, bro. Awesome. fucking stoppable I love it. Guys, BillyAlvero.com. Check him out. Again, he is like one of my favorite investors. Got the best personality, super you, nice guy, genuinely sincere. He cares about people and he knows what the hell he's doing. Billy, I wish that I would have had more time to interview you <laughs> on my show. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll, I'll invite you back. I'm, I'm going to invite you, you on my show and you can interview me on my show. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back in like a month or two if, if our calendars can align because there's so much more that I wanted to talk with you about that we didn't get to today. But either way, you know, we talked about a lot of good things, guys. Make yeah, bro. pivots in your market, you know, figure out what's coming. Adjust your marketing as needed. Look at your efficiency. We just heard from Billy. He is doing, you know, six, seven, eight, ten 10 deals a month with zero marketing because he's lead mining his current follow-up, right? There's only three things that matter in real estate investing. Marketing to motivated sellers, sending offers, following up. Prove That's me it. wrong. That's, That's it. it. That's all there That's is it. to it. There's a lot of little things you can do in and outside of those things. But if you are not doing those three things, you are not going to do deals. Period. That's a trifecta right there. Billy you you nailed it, bro. Awesome. Billy, I thank appreciate you so you, much bro. for coming on. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for your time. We're going to get you back. And uh, again, guys, BillyAlvero.com. B-I-L-L-Y-A-L-V-A-R-O.com. If you have money Boom. and you want to put it in the real estate business, but not do any of it yourself and let a trusted experienced investor do it for you, you got to contact Billy. Guys, that's it for today. We're signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.